Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fringe with Benefits. I'm your host, Stacy, your favorite naked and afraid survivalist who's sick of everyone's shit and knows that my paranoia is not unreasonable. Literally, the worst sci-fi scenario is our present reality, and I am speaking out. Obviously, our corporate mainstream news media is so out of touch that we are all now accountable to each other, and we are the news. So here I am to bring you the weird and wonderful, and I come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Now let's get on with the show. Follow us, my Tulpa and I, on social media. You can find us at Fringe with Benefits Facebook page, Inward Survival's Facebook page, my Facebook fan page, at Stacey Lee Osorio, my Twitter, which is kind of fire, at Stacey Fringe. Instagram is at Golden underscore Valkyrie underscore YouTube is at Golden Valkyrification. I'm kind of boycotting YouTube right now, so I've moved over to Rumble. You can find me there. I like BitChute too, but I don't have any content up and I don't have an account there yet, but maybe I will. There's a lot of options out there. There is Parlay. You can find me there, but I'm not really there. MeWe, Gab. Gab's cool, guys. Golden underscore Valkyrie. The show has its own Telegram channel. It's called Fringe with Benefits. Go check that out. And check out Minds. Minds.com. I have an account there. It's Golden Valkyrie. Seems to be a lot of really good intellectual information over there. But like I said, share the show, follow the show. If you like the show, probably not. A lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, cancel her. Inward survival is part of the reason why I'm doing this on this uh, search for truth telling. And you can find me at inwardsurvival.com. There are ways to donate to the nonprofit and there's a little blog over there. Like I said, share the show with your friends and family. If you listen on Apple, go over and give a five-star rating and review and say hey and thank you to our subscribers. There is a way that you can support the show through Anchor. You go to the Anchor homepage for the show and you click support the show and there's all these options for subscription. And I was thinking because this platform has some um, options to insert some actually copyrighted music into the podcast and I was thinking of doing that but if I did do that I'd have to do members only content on inwardsurvival.com and move the show over there and I might need to have to do that anyways considering the the current climate of things otherwise you're going to be able to find me if you just keep looking and you know people that are being silenced or are have finding a way to express themselves and people are looking to make sure that people are heard. That's my social medias. Welcome to the accountability segment. I like the name of that. Do you? Probably not, but I do. So it doesn't matter. So this is, (laughs) this is the part of the show where I check in with everybody and say, Hey, the last week on the show, I said freestyle instead of uh free no i said yeah i said freelance instead of freestyle so as i went back and listened i was like oh man what a dumbass people are gonna be like what but i meant freestyle like i'm trying to do now (laughs) so i'm a huge dork getting words wrong and i'm not perfect not gonna be gonna keep trying i pretty much bored myself last episode i i just didn't feel really great about it i don't know what the fuck that was about but oh well whatever 
It was a really long episode last week. It was a huge dump of information, probably way too much for the audience, but maybe not. I don't know. There is going to be some fresh crazy shit every week. So lately, I've been doing a lot of dealing with the public, and it's been really rewarding, but not so much at the same time. Kind of staggering, but more rewarding, I would say. It's been really cool. And especially, like, right now, it's Saturday, and I'm actually pretty pissed off and riled up right now, um, in fact. But I'm not going to air my dirty laundry on my podcast. <laughs> I am going to celebrate, just like Hunter Biden did, about, you know, his uh, sobriety. I'm, but my this is my not only my sobriety from alcohol, but my one year of no cigarettes. So that's pretty a huge deal. So if Hunter Biden can be on TV sharing his experience about picking uh, grunions out of the carpet and smoking them and then potentially be, being Parmesan cheese. I just want to know, like, who's got Parmesan cheese in their carpet? And how do you know it's not, like, dead skin cells or something? So I'm wondering if he smoked a bunch of dead skin or... <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, it's been a fucking crazy week for me. It's probably been a crazy week for you. I feel like the world is full of potential and good potential, too. So I don't want anybody to think that everything's going down the tubes because it may appear so at times. And it's probably really easy to jump on that bus and, and be like, the end of the world is coming and who gives a hell in the handbasket. But I actually do. But you know what? It's kind of funny that in the, in the mid-90s, I had thought about this time in my life and I kind of imagined this. I kind of imagined that our country would be going to war around the time my children were going to be graduating from high school. I don't know. So I hope you guys had a really great week. I've got some great stuff for you this week. Thank you so much for being here. This is really the highlight of my week. This is my spice. You know, people say, where's the spice of life? This is my spice of life, is being able to come here and do this. I think I really need to join some martial arts or something or, or do something extra. I did get back into like a real gym. I will actually go somewhere for my fitness instead of doing it here on the compound. I think that's going to help a lot with, you know, my self-discipline and my willingness and the fact that it's fun. So I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoy exercise and I try to, I try to tell everybody about it because it's kind of that best kept secret is that people say that they hate it but once you've done it for a little bit if you make it a habit it becomes one of the most fulfilling experiences in life it's sort of a form of meditation we'll get into that later maybe okay so let's get on with it here we are stacy's socials this is a very interesting time of the show super fantastic let's find another word for interesting thought-provoking Amusing, intriguing, entrancing, gripping, absorbing, all of those words would apply to the interesting stuff that I come across on my social media. So the first thing I want to talk about is something I shared on my personal page to six days ago in Yonkers, New York, a 15-year-old girl was dumped naked with fatal injuries at a hospital. The only reason I saw it was because... I'm in a group where a lady shared the GoFundMe for the mother. The mother has documented pretty much her entire, not, I guess not her entire experience, but, you know, steps and pieces of the story 
you can see it plays out on her Facebook page. And it's absolutely horrendous. So she has no idea where her daughter's belongings are. She was basically just dropped off. So we don't know if somebody had found her and took her to the hospital or if the people that had did this to her took her to the hospital. I highly doubt that, but it's a horrible story. And it's unfortunate that since, you know, police need to do their police work, that they would come to the community. Now, I do believe that the mayor has been in touch with the mom, as you can see on the Facebook page. Okay, so yeah, if you search Google, you're not going to find anything except for her vigil on YouTube and her obituary. And that's shameful. That's absolutely shameful that the news media is not picking up the story. And that's why I'm telling you guys about it. I will link the GoFundMe in the show notes if anybody wants to help. They have raised quite a bit of money. But this is a story that people need to know about. Anybody who victimizes a child like this needs to go away forever, if not be killed. Next, there was an article published last week from AP News. It was titled, How to Talk to Believers of COVID-19 Conspiracy Theories. This was published April 6, 2021. It says that conspiracy theories are causing real-world problems by discouraging people from getting vaccinated, wearing masks, or following other guidelines. Some bizarre theories about the virus have prompted believers to burn 5G cell towers, shut down vaccination clinics, or ingest poisons touted as cures. Now, they're running on some old shit, aren't they? Experts on misinformation and psychology, ooh, who are these experts, interviewed by the Associated Press, offer several tips for individuals wondering how to talk to friends or family who believe conspiracy theories about COVID-19. This is what they suggest. Okay, for one, this is I've never I've never seen anything so divisive and disgusting in all my life. It says, "Listen, don't preach." Believers in conspiracy theories aren't likely to be swayed by people who mock their views instead of lecturing. Listen and ask questions about how they became interested, where they get their information, and whether they've considered their inf- explanations. It says, whenever possible, have the conversation offline. Well, that's probably true. Stay calm. Arguing with someone about conspiracy theories is likely to result only in higher blood pressure. Remember that some people won't change their mind no matter what you say, and arguing over proven benefits of mask wearing, proven benefits of mask wearing my ass, or vaccines, isn't likely to convince them. Next, change the subject. Bring up shared experiences and interests to help the person focus on personal connections. Well, maybe if they talk about aliens, reptilians, I might feel like I'm in more of a safe space. (laughs) It goes on to say, if someone dwells on the conspiracy theory, politely say you'd rather talk about something else. That's usually what I do. And I'm on the receiving end of this bullshit. It says, as for increasing your own defense against conspiracy theories and misinformation about the virus or any other topic, experts suggest the following. Expand your media diet. Checking a variety of news sources, including some mainstream local, national, and international outlets, the best way of staying informed and avoiding rabbit holes of misinformation and conspiracy theories. Don't rely solely on social media for your news. They're forgetting the alternative news organizations. It's very important. That's not a healthy media diet. You need to expand it further. Next would be check your sources. Look to see who wrote the content and who is quoted in it. I actually really support this one. Check your sources. Sometimes you can't find the route that's going to happen. And you have to use your own discernment. Next is be wary of content that plays on emotions. Hmm, like this one? Misinformation and conspiracy theories, anger, fear, or other emotions. It's because people are pissed off. 
It says to be cautious of content that features strongly emotional language or that seems intended to make you outraged. If you read something that gets you fired up, wait until your emotions have cooled before reposting or sending to friends. That's probably good advice. It says verify extraordinary claims. Okay, some of those claims cannot be verified, but some of them actually can be verified. So, do your research. It says if it's an important story, other outlets will confirm the details. That is not necessarily true. So be careful of that one. It says get offline. The pandemic has been a time of heightened stress and fear for everyone, and there are many legitimate questions about the virus. Experts say healthy habits like exercise, meditation, positive relationships, volunteering, and even hobbies can ease some of the dread. That makes us more resistant to misinformation and conspiracy theories that exploit our fear or anger. Well, I would say that all those things are really good for our immune system, but I wouldn't say they would make us more resistant to misinformation and conspiracy theories. I think that that's misinformation. Otherwise, they give you some real pointers on how to boost your immune system, for sure. But as far as talking to your loved ones that are believers in conspiracy theories, I don't think this is going to help you much. Okay, and so the next story is a total lifetime original drama, and it took place in Oklahoma where this stalker attacked this woman and shot her husband in this attempt to kidnap her. So it's a pretty interesting little story, and this is just like a warning to anybody who is a victim of a stalker. This guy worked with this lady, and he quit his job at their mutual workplace, and he would leave things on her doorstep and would like hang out outside of her house. Well, this lady was married. And so she comes out of her house one day with her husband walking to her vehicle and they spot this guy. So obviously they've probably been having a problem with this dudes. This dude had a shotgun and started charging these people. So they run back into their apartment and close the door and he fired through the door, hitting the husband in the hand. He then grabbed the lady, assaulting her as he drug her down the stairs and the, the neighbors were alerted and they called 911. The woman's husband tried to run after her to, like, rescue her, but this guy, you know, pointed the shotgun at him, told him I would, he would shoot his, or pointed the shotgun at his wife and threatening to shoot his wife if he didn't, if they didn't get into Davis, his truck. This is in Tulsa, so the Tulsa police pursued this vehicle along Interstate 44, and this is where they, they do not clarify whether or not he was able to get the wife into the truck before he took off, because he ended up wrecking that truck, and that the article does not say whether or not the wife is fine. I'm pretty sure that she is. He's been charged with first-degree burglary, stalking, kidnapping, assault, and battery with a deadly weapon, and pointing a deadly weapon with intent, and eluding. Huge deal. This poor woman her poor husband, and I'm so glad that he's locked up. So if you do have a stalker, be on the freaking lookout. Those stories always freak me the hell out because you never know who's going to be a total fucking creeper. We got to keep an eye out. I'm a big lover of true crime. And so I'm constantly following stories in which people commit familiacide or, or capital murder and I've got this really, really weird appetite for for these stories. There was this article in Law and Crime on April 5th that these brothers killed this family in a murder-suicide pact, and one of them criticized the end of the office in the suicide note. This fucking pisses me off so bad. These two brothers killed four members of their family and then themselves The younger brother, a 19-year-old, left behind a note on Instagram. He talked about his mental health troubles. 
and criticize the end of The Office. So this kid get too much fucking TV and that that's what his priorities are and that it's okay to annihilate your entire family and then it's just infuriating. This family was originally from Bangladesh and the ages were from 19 to the 70s. There were, there was a younger brother who was 19. He was the one that watched The Office and he was pissed that it ended. He's a suspect. The sister, age 19, was his twin. He killed her with his older brother, who's in his um, lower 20s. And then the mother and father and a grandmother were victims. So this younger brother posted this six-page letter on Instagram talking about the things he was struggling with in life. Now, if anybody is struggling like that, and you ha- you're writing it down, and you- you're expressing it, you're getting it out, but you only get it out after you commit a heinous crime and take your own life and, like, five other people's lives? I don't understand it. He discussed self-harm since he was a freshman in high school, and he was being treated for depression. His older brother, I guess, approached him with the proposition that they couldn't fix anything in a year and they would have to kill themselves and their family. The younger brother actually, like, encouraged it and said they should only wait a month instead of a year. And then here's this little tidbit. And it's pretty interesting that this is a law and crime article because there's a little bit of uh, emotional appeal here. A little bit of fear-mongering in this quote. The 19-year-old also allegedly said that it was too easy for his brother, who was on medication for depression, to buy a firearm, according to the apparent suicide note. End quote. Now, why is that important? Well, how many people go to their doctors that are being treated for depression actually own firearms? Not me, though, by the way. I don't take any of those medications. (laughs) But there are a lot of people that do that actually probably need them or at least really feel that they need them. And what's most important is their doctors tell them they should take them. In fact, our entire culture that is driven by the pharmaceutical industry tells us that we should take them or else our lives are not going to improve. I, I prefer a little bit more of a holistic approach because I think that we can improve things with what we are giving given here with our diet and with our level of activity and our way of thinking. But this is just more propaganda to push the gun issue, in my opinion. And that's why I thought that it was important. It's a very sad story. It's tragic. And this is like pretty much has been happening to families all across the world. People are unable to deal with their things and they end up freaking the hell out. Here's another The 2021 Sports Illustrated swimsuit search has its first male finalist. And so they do this um, article of interviewing this fella. And he's actually, he's totally wearing a chick's bikini, kind of. So his name is Louis Fries. He is challenging the norm. He's a Minnesota native and a full-time student. And he was the first male finalist in the history of Sports Illustrated swimsuit annual swim search. I am totally not going to judge this, and I think it's pretty cute. And we bring the weird and unusual. So that was the first time I had ever seen a young man in a swimsuit model competition. (laughs) And it made me giggle. So check that out. Linked below. Yay! So we have a mailbag here. It's fringe with benefits at protonmail.com. Proton Mail is pretty awesome. 
I don't uh, see too much junk mail, but occasionally, and this week, I wanted to talk about what was in my inbox and who, I'm not going to say who, was trying to solicit $111 a month from me to find my own inner powers. So I'm going (laughs) to, it says to master your energy. They've got all these trainings for me for only $111 a month. And regularly, it's 222 a month. So we're getting a really big deal. Let's look at this email. It's appealing to my emotion to quote Nikola Tesla and say, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. It goes on to say, if everything is energy, why are we not taught how to understand, monitor, and work with our own energy early on in life? Shouldn't understanding oneself be a key area of education? I actually really agree with that. They go on to say, we believe that an untapped and highly misunderstood area of self-mastery and self-development is the understanding of our energetic nature, which is un, oh, I'm sorry, which is intelligent energy and or advanced consciousness. When our energy bodies become clear, we expand our hearts blossom, our minds break free of the shackles and limiting beliefs that have kept us from awakening to our greatness. And we are once again able to see our truth, our light, our power. Blankety Blank Blank is an evolving, expanding, conscious community and educational platform that is meant to help you explore your own potential, to help clear your mind, body, heart, and soul, to align you with your soul light. We are so very excited about building this community and having you be a part of it all. Seems like a really badass class. They talk about bioenergetics and actualization, utilization of the advanced consciousness where, you know, there are going to be people that are going to want to sign up for this. They've got all kinds of series, these different ancient teachings they, they give. And it, there is high value to these things. But what I wanted to share with you is if anybody's like, if you do need a coaching program, you do need a curriculum. That's awesome totally go buy it but you don't actually need it when I when I think of a situation like this I think of Goodwill Hunting and the character in that movie in which he didn't go to any formal education he didn't pay thousands of dollars for his education he got it from the public library and a lot of people can get this information for free sometimes they need people to tell them what to study and how to study but if you really really listen to the small voice in your head it will be revealed to you so i want to tell these people thank you for thinking of me i think it's really sweet i don't know how they got the podcast's email because i have not used it on any mailing lists we're gonna delete this i want you to send me your stories your scary stories, your crazy stories, send them to fringesbenefits at protonmail.com. This week, I do have a little treat for you. I inserted a YouTube link below under the subtitle mailbag. And it's every once in a while, you run into these little gems, little videos or information bits about things that we want to study here at Fringe with Benefits. And one of them is Bigfoot. And there is this video of this Russian family traveling along this country road and somebody's videotaping through the back seat and you hear the distress of the people in the car of this huge Bigfoot-like creature charging at the car. And you, you very clearly see it's bluff charging, but it also, the video quality is very grainy. So either it's really old and the person who's recording is bouncing around. 
but it's pretty legit. And so the YouTube video is actually on Bigfoot Tony's page. He breaks down the videos in a way to try to debunk them. But in fact, it proves that they are quite legit. So I wanted you guys to go over there and look at that because it is a gem. And you know, these are these are the little bits of information that push us towards the truth. The weekly topic this week is something that I am very uncomfortable with. And so we're going to dive into Morgellons. I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Morgellons. A lot more. It was more of an underground, like, real fringy science idea. And so we're going to dive into what Morgellons disease is. Let's start with what Wikipedia says it is. Morgellons is an informal name of a self-diagnosed, scientifically unsubstantiated skin condition in which individuals have sores they believe contain fibrous material. It's not well understood. The general medical consensus is that it's a form of delusional parasitosis. Sores are usually the result of compulsive scratching and the fibers when analyzed are consistently found to have originated from clothings or other textiles. The condition was named in 2002 by Mary Lateo, a mother who rejected the medical diagnosis of her son's delusional parasitosis. She chose the name from a letter written by a mid-17th century physician. Lateo and others involved in her Morgellons Research Foundation successfully lobbied members of the U.S. Congress in the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, to investigate the condition in 2006. Their researchers issued the results of their multi-year study in January 2012 indicating that no disease organisms were present in the samples from the individuals examined and the fibers were found were likely cotton and concluded that the condition was similar to more commonly recognized conditions such as delusional infestation. So the description of this stuff is Basically, that these people have these threads that are coming through their skin. And what they look like are just like a long fiber. And they actually will move when tested with electricity or water. There's movement. Typically, threads are so tiny that immersing them in water or any any slight movement around them is going to cause movement, right? There's an active online community that supports the notion that it's an infectious disease, disputes that it's psychological, and proposes an association with Lyme disease. The controversy that has resulted that publications largely from a single group of investigators describe the findings of spirochetes, keratin, and collagen in skin samples in small numbers of patients. These findings are contradicted by much larger studies conducted by the CDC, which found skin samples mostly contained cellulose that came from cotton, no evidence of infection or other causes. So Mary Lateo and her journey with her two-year-old son, it started in about 2001, and he had sores under his lip, and he was complaining of bugs. She said she examined the sores and discovered red, blue, black, and white fibers. She took her son to see at least eight different do- doctors who were unable to find any disease, allergy, or anything unusual. Even Johns Hopkins pediatrician, who had a great reputation, Fred Heldrick, examined her son and found nothing abnormal about the boy's skin. 
he referred that the mother should benefit from a psychiatric evaluation. So they are saying that this was a Munchausen's by proxy situation. She said that this is her quoted. They suggested that I maybe I was neurotic. They said they were not interested in seeing him because I had Munchausen's syndrome by proxy. During this time, her son developed more sores and more fibers were poking out of him. And her husband, Edward Lateo, an internist with South Allegheny Internal Medicine in Pennsylvania, felt their son had something unknown. She chose the name Morgellons disease from a description of an illness in the medical case history essay called A Letter to a Friend in 1656, published 1690 by Sir Thomas Brown. This is where a physician describes several medical conditions in his experience, including that endemal distemper of children in Languedoc called the Morgellons, wherein they critically break out with harsh hairs on their backs. This family started the Morgellons Research Foundation in 2002 informally and then officially as a nonprofit in 2004. Their website states that its purpose is to raise awareness and fundings for their research into the proposed condition described by the organizations as poorly understood and it can be disfiguring and disabling. She stated she initially hoped to receive information from scientists or physicians who might understand the problem, but instead thousands of others contacted her describing their sores and fibers as well as neurological symptoms, fatigue, muscle and joint pain, and other symptoms. This foundation claimed to have received several self-identified reports of Morgellons from all 50 U.S. states and 15 other countries and has been contacted by over 12,000 families. As far as media coverage, in 2006, a CBS News segment on Morgellons aired in Southern California the same day. The Los Angeles County Department of Health Services issued a statement saying no credible, credible medical or public health association has verified the existence or diagnosis of Morgellons disease. There was a 2006 segment on the ABC show Medical Mysteries devoted to the subject, and there were other, med- or, um, other media coverage as well. Now, the CDC investigation, they said that it was an extensive experiment. They assigned a task force meeting in June of 2006. The task force was 12 people, including two pathologists, a toxicologist, an ethicist, a medical health expert, and specialists in infectious, parasitic, environmental, and chronic diseases. They opened a website relating to Morgellons, and their conclusion were that of 59 of the subjects showed cognitive deficits and 63 had evidence of clinically significant symptoms. 50% had drugs in their systems, and 78% reported exposure to solvents. No parasites or mycobacteria were detected in the samples collected from any of the patients, and most of the materials collected from their skin were composed of cellulose or likely of cotton origin. Now, the internet says something different. A lot of people are self-diagnosing basing on, based on from information on the internet. And, you know, physicians are being more and more challenged by people who attempt to self-diagnose. But I I do know of one other condition in which it's illegal to not allow your patient to self-diagnose. Those of you that are hip know what I'm talking about. Anyways, these people are saying the internet promotes the spreading and supporting of bizarre disease beliefs because the belief is not considered delusional if it's accepted by other members of an individual's culture or subculture. This wiki segment also wants to tell us about Jay Traver, a fella who lived from 1894 to 1974. He was a a University of Massachusetts entomologist. He is known for one of the most remarkable mistakes ever published in a scientific entomological journal. 
After publishing a 1951 account of what she called, I guess it was a she, a mite infestation, which was later not really a mite infestation. She was having delusional parasitosis. So, so if you if you look at this, you've got all kinds of stuff um, that is red flagging. They you know they say the name Morgellons is a pseudo medical diagnosis, and that this is a part of the series of an alternative medicine conspiracy theories, fringe medicine and science. Let's move on from there. That's what Wikipedia tells us it is. And that's where most people are going to get when they type it into Google. Next, we have the National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health, gives a paper called The History of Morgellons Disease from Delusion to Definition. This is 2018. Let's quickly just read the abstract and see what kind of support is given to those who feel that they have this issue. Quote, Morgellons disease is a skin condition characterized by the presence of multicolored filaments that lie under or are embedded in or project from the skin. Although the condition may have a longer history, disease matching the above description was first reported in the U.S. in 2002. Since that time, the condition that we know as MD has become polemic topic. Because individuals afflicted with the disease may have crawling or stinging sensations and sometimes believe they have an insect or parasite infestation, most medical practitioners considered Morgellons a purely delusional disorder. Clinical studies supporting the hypothesis that Morgellons is exclusively delusional in origin have considerable methodological flaws and often neglect the fact that mental disorders can result from underlying somatic illness. In contrast, rigorous experimental investigations show that this skin affliction results from physiological response to the presence of an infectious agent. Recent studies from that point of view show an association between Morgellons and spirochetal infection in humans, cattle, and dogs. These investigations have determined that the cutaneous filaments are not implanted textile fibers, but are composed of the cellular proteins, keratin, and collagen, and result from overproduction of these filaments in response to spirochetal infection. Further studies of the genetics, pathogenesis, pathogenesis, and treatment of Morgellons are warranted. So they're saying, end quote, they're saying that it's actually actually a, a spirochetal infection and that it, they're not cellular proteins at all, but they need to do more research. Next is MedicineNet. And the page is no longer found. I probably will remove that. That's pretty interesting because there was an article there. And now it's not there. Okay, and then I also attached a YouTube video in which I couldn't really even watch the full two minutes of it. But there are people out there that say that there's a hairbrush test you can do. And this woman pretty much has a clump of hair in front of the video. You could barely see what she's talking about, but she's saying that at the base of this clump of hair that there's these very intricate weavings of the hair, and it's proof of Morgellons. I don't see how that to be true. But if you look at the comments, people are reporting that they have this problem as well, having these tangles. A lot of people think that they are suffering from it. Either they've completely lost their minds or they're losing their shit, which is basically the same thing. A lot of people are having issues with their hair. It's me as well. <laughs> one of the one of the comments says you should put the pipe down. <laughs> Anyways, I put that there just so you could kind of see what the culture kind of is surrounding this. The next one is a very interesting video. 
It's Microbial Hair, It's Electric. This was published October 12, 2010. This is a USC college professor demonstrating how some bacteria grow electrical hair that lets them link up in big biological circuits. This suggests that microbial colonies may survive, communicate, and share energy through electrically conducting hairs known as bacterial nanowires. Ding, ding, ding. Now, people even commented here that said, I have this running through my body and it causes nonstop suffering. It's called Morgellons. I rub these wires out of my skin and it causes a lot of pain. Now, if they are a bacterium that is growing an appendage to deliver electrons, is it, is it, I don't think it would even be big enough for us to see with the naked eye, right? Maybe, maybe not. Just an overview of basically what this is, guys. And it's something I really don't necessarily like to think about because it really bothers me. Because I don't want it. <laughs> I don't even want to think I have it. So I just don't even look at my skin. <laughs> okay, so biospace.com says, as they published this December 31st, 2020, it's titled Morgellons Disease Market Overview and Segmentation. It says that Morgellons is a rare, controversial, unexplained disease skin disorder characterized by crawling so crawling sores crawling sensations on or below the skin fiber-like filaments emerging from sores medical experts say morgellons is a physical infection or disease while others suggest it's a type of psychosis called delusional parasitosis physicians and patients often misjudge morgellons symptoms as being parasitic in origin but researchers found that no parasites are involved in the etiology of morgellons it's been found that there are no fungal components to the etiology of morgellons Borrelia, a spirochetal bacterium, has been discovered in all Morgellons patients for study so far. Borrelia is identified by multiple methods and large quantity within Morgellons skin lesions, including culture. It's a quite uncommon disorder and most commonly affects middle-aged white women. Great! A number of cases occurred in California, which provoked the CDC to conduct a research study to define if the cases were somehow related. There was another study carried out in London that reviewed five years of cases from 2003 to 2008 and found 18 patients with a diagnosis of the mysterious dermopathy. So these are the signs and symptoms. Intense itching, crawling under the skin, spontaneously appearing, slow healing lesions, Seed-like objects or granules, black specks on the skin. Fuzzballs on or in intact skin. Fine thread-like colored fibers beneath or extruding from the skin. Life-altering fatigue, neurological impairment, visual and hearing changes, brain fog. Diminished higher cognitive abilities, hair loss, gastrointestinal changes, muscle aches, joint pain, general malaise. Life-impacting pain, dental deterioration sleep disturbances, psychiatric manifestation, including anxiety, depression, panic attacks, changes in behavior or personality, difficulty concentrating, short-term memory, memory, lo memory loss. So they're putting these people on medications that treat psychosis or phobia. And because of the lack of clarity regarding disease symptoms, diagnosis, and potential causes, the prognosis for the dis this disorder is difficult to estimate. So there's a market... <laughs> For people that are suffering from this is basically what we are getting from this article in biospace.com by the way next i would like to talk about this instagram video that was shared by four deep media 
and it's a person. And this is not the first video I have seen in the month of people testing these masks. They're the stereotypical medical masks that people have boxed up and been shipped from all over the world. This guy is zooming into it, and there are a lot of these little black thread-like things. I highly suggest you guys watch this because it scared the ever-loving daylights out of me. As you see, I'm panning across the surface of the mask with a very, very, very good camera because you can see very well. You see what he's trying to show you. Okay, so it's, I just watched it again. It's actually a woman. She said that it's coming from a box of masks that are in a school. And she reports to say that she sees one of their little, uh, one of the threads' head moving. I didn't actually see that. I, I can't see the, them actually moving. But it's, it's still disturbing nonetheless. And she's pretty upset about it. So I would suggest you check that out. I did see another video. I am unable to locate it. But it is a man in a laboratory. He is under a microscope. And he is showing how you can put electricity to these threads and they're they're moving or if you immerse them in water they they tend to move as well he seems to be in a pretty scientific environment and seems to be pretty pretty well trained to to even approach the subject and to make the claims that he's making i would suggest you guys get a hold of that uh if i can locate it it might even be in the French with Benefits Telegram channel. I'm not sure. I probably pushed it into there just to notify people. But it's pretty terrifying. So you've got those two videos. To close up this week's weekly topic, I wanted to share an article from CBC News in Canada, Montreal. This is March 26th of this year. It's titled, Potentially Toxic Masks Distributed in Schools and Daycares in Quebec. It says the gray and blue CNN 200-642 masks should no longer be used, warn Quebec and Ottawa. These masks may be dangerous for the lungs as they contain potentially toxic material, according to a directive sent out by the provincial government on Friday. These masks have a potential for early pulmonary toxicity. They're made in China and sold and distributed by... Metallifer. This is a Quebec-based manufacturer. It says to stop distributing them and dispose of them now. They received or revealed a potential for early lung damage associated with inhalation of microscopic graphene particles. Graphene is a strong, very thin material that is used in fabrication that can be harmful to lungs when inhaled and cause long-term health problems. Motherfuckers, I've been wearing these type of masks, and I've my kid. You know, so she's not allowed to wear those anymore. Cloth masks only if if you have to wear them, which I prefer that she doesn't wear them at all. Anyways, they want people to check these masks. Back in December, the government revealed that these masks have been distributed for months to more than 15,000 daycares across the province. They did not meet safety standards and daycare staff were ordered to stop using them. In May and November, the ministry distributed 31.1 million masks throughout the network to protect staff, but they were determined to be unfit for use. That's all I got to say. That's, I mean, can you, can you even say any more? Really? Let's move on.
right, our guest spot this week, it does not come with its own link. You're going to have to go look for them yourself. There has been a recent huge purge on Instagram of some truth tellers and wayward thinking people. And I wanted to give them a shout out. So one of them is What's Her Face? I think you can find out her backup account. And these uh, people have been able to manage to create uh, secondary accounts and get back on and continue to spread the word. Another one is Alex Speaks Freely. Both of these women have great information and they present it very well. You're going to have to go find them. They both recently were deplatformed, but they are back up. So go check them out. That's What's Her Face and Alex Speaks Freely. Get on there and support these people. Inward Survival School of Magic this week brings to you Perception Interception. So your perception is your cognitive interpretation of events. And a lot of people will say that, you know, our perception is what guides us in all things that we do. This is also how we see our own self-worth and how we view not only ourselves, but the people around us. There's this thing called selective awareness. And this would be having the ability to focus on the positive. Now, there are times you may not like where you live or who you're living living with or what you're doing, that you don't have enough time for yourself or for your activities. You don't like the way you look. You're probably, you're, you don't like that you're in poor health or that you're lonely. And there are stressors that you are unable to control or change. But you can become selectively aware of positive components of those things. And that's the most important part. Another thing would be to, you've heard, stop to smell the roses, right? Enjoy the journey and not focus so much on the destination. Do you ever stop and think about the the little things that you you might be missing out on because you're so preoccupied with how hard things are in the present moment and you're trying to get to a particular goal. Well, you could be missing out on a whole lot of things on the way there. So perception is really important. And that's where developing an attitude of gratitude comes in. I'm sure you all have heard this cheesy saying, but it is legit a life changer. This would be focusing on things in which you are grateful. So even things, even though things are really difficult, if you can stop, and I've said this before, think about the things that you're actually happy about and that are good. There is strong correlation between optimism and health. In fact, in a large-scale study, there were of more than 97,000 women, subjects were divided by their degree of optimism or pessimism. The more optimistic women were less likely that they developed coronary heart disease, that they died from coronary heart disease, or that they died from cancer. Optimistic women had lower mortality for all illnesses. That's from a 2009 paper called Optimism, Cynical Hostility and Incident, Coronary Heart Disease and Mortality in the Women's Health Initiative. An example of this attitude of gratitude, former President Jimmy Carter, when he was diagnosed of liver cancer in 2015, he found out it had spread to his brain. He said, quote, 
I've had a wonderful life, thousands of friends, an exciting and adventurous and gratifying existence. I've been blessed as any human being in this world, end quote. Then we can look at behavior patterns. We've got type A behaviors, which is a cluster of behaviors that's actually associated with heart disease. These are high stress people like me. I'm a total type A person and they kind of hold on to things and they kind of obsess about things. And then we have type B behaviors, which are not as correlated with coronary heart disease. They have, you know, no free floating hostility. Uh, The sense of time urgency is not as urgent and they aren't super competitive like the type A's. Type A typically had more health problems than type B's. So learning to chill out and not stress out about things and to perceive things in a more relaxed state will help you immensely. I hope that those things will help you think about how you're seeing things throughout your day to day. Because I know that I have to check myself before I wreck myself. Our stoic thought of the week goes to Jocko Willink again. We've got to revisit some of these things, so let's see what he has to say. He says that if I went back to my 20-year-old self, what I would tell my 20-year-old self is, you don't know anything, because everyone when they're young, they think they know what's going on in the world, and you don't. Hell yeah. He also says, all animals, including humans, need to see the connection between action and consequence in order to learn or react appropriately. And then my favorite, because I'm just a huge advocate for exercise, it will fix your brain. Jocko said, just do some kind of workout. It doesn't matter if it's going for a walk around the block, going for a jog, doing some calisthenics, lifting weights, going to a pool and swimming, you name it but do something that gets your blood flowing and gets your mind in the game. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining me.